ComC is your home to buy, sell, and flip all kinds of trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 31 million cards, from baseball's biggest stars like Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, and Mookie Betts, to Marvel favorites like Spider-Man, Thor, and Captain America. ComC has something for every type of collector. Come visit ComC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. During our Harry Potter conversation a couple weeks ago with Adam Gray, we touched on my growing 2018 top Stranger Things collection, and that PC took a step forward this week with another autograph that I had been missing or that I had been wanting, and that is the Will Byers Green Auto. And the reason that that took a step, or at least one of the things that contributed to me getting that card this last week, was part of the conversation that Adam and I had and him highlighting a site called NS Lists that really goes through some of the pack odds and what people are actually finding in the sealed cases of non-sports products. And one of the things that I realized by looking at that is that there was a handful of autographs that I was unaware of up to that point. There was a handful of autographs that only existed in parallel form. Even though on the checklist, the published pack odds and the published checklist from Tops, it showed that some of these autographs, like the Will Byers, um, had base autos. In reality, they never made it into packs. And so there were a handful of, of people that are in the set. You could only get the the one of one, the out of 10, the purple and the green, 25 and, and out of 50s. And so when I saw this Will Byers come up, I decided I'm going to go ahead and jump on it because I can't wait for the base auto to pop up because there is no base auto. So I got the green out of 50. I think this is only the second green out of 50 that I've ever seen since I've been paying attention over the last couple of years. I think there was a purple that I saw come up at one point, which is out of 25, but something that you don't see very often. So I went ahead and jumped on it and got that auto. So super happy to have another 2018 Stranger Things auto added to the collection. And I'll be keeping my eye out for some of the other remaining ones that I still need. So that was the addition to my PC. That was the mail day that I got this last week. And so I thought I would share a little bit about that and how uh, that conversation with Adam a couple weeks ago actually benefited my PC. We're going to bring in another super collector for our main conversation today. The Super Collector conversation continues with Drake Magruder, Drake's PC. You may have heard him on a few other podcasts that he's been on talking about his collection. He's got a fairly limited focus, as you'll see, but he has been able to build a great collection, has had a long history in the hobby, and I really enjoyed getting a chance to connect with him, and I look forward to sharing that conversation with you today. Drake Magruder is a sports and wrestling card collector who primarily focuses on Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and modern wrestling cards. 
He can be found on a guest on a variety of different sports and wrestling card podcasts. And he is not afraid at all to submit his questions to try to put the hosts on the spot. Drake, welcome. Mike, thank you so much for having me. Uh, longtime listener, first time caller to the podcast, I guess we'll say. So uh, looking forward to the conversation. I appreciate the introduction. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking. You know, you're you're one of those people who we've had interaction online over the years, but we've never actually had a chance to sit down face to face here through the computer to to have a conversation about cards and about collecting. So I was glad that you were willing to to jump on today. When I look at your Instagram, pretty much the only thing I see is Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and modern wrestling cards. How did you narrow into those being your collecting focus? Well, so I'll start. So Peyton Manning, I grew up in the Memphis area and I was a big fan of, of, the, of the Tennessee Volunteers, big fan of Peyton Manning around that time. And so I, I collected him in my kind of teenage years. And so that was kind of my the first guy that I really got into really heavy. Right. Um, and so that was Peyton Manning. And then going into Drew Brees, uh, my pro team is the Saints. Um, and so when Drew joined, uh, joined up with the Saints, right, that was kind of a, a marriage there. And I kind of knew about Drew. I had a, a friend of mine growing up um, in the Memphis area uh, by the name of David Nugent, who played with Drew, uh, Drew at Purdue. Um, and so I kind of knew of David and Drew's relationship and how fondly he talked about him and that sort of thing. Um, and so that, that was kind of how I first kind of started collecting those two guys. Um, and I'll kind of expand on more on that, but then with the modern wrestling. Um, so growing up again in the Memphis area, wrestling was in my blood. Um, every Monday night was down at the Mid-South Coliseum, um, you know, with my dad and was watching all the pay-per-views back then. Huge fan of the Monday night wars with WWF and WCW and even ECW. And, and it was one of those things where um, I'm sure my parents probably were hoping I would grow out of that phase and I just never grew out of that phase. <laughs> and so kind of returning into the hobby back in 2019, <clears throat> I actually listened to the old uh, Lucas Tigers and Bronze podcast. And their first guest they had was a guy by the name of David Peck. And he started talking about wrestling cards. And I was like, wrestling cards? I'd never heard of wrestling cards before. I knew about wrestling memorabilia. I had the magazines back then and that whole sort of thing. And so he was talking about more of the vintage wrestling cards. And so I kind of looked into those and I was like, well, you know, these things are kind of cool. And if there's vintage wrestling cards or they're more modern wrestling cards and that whole sort of thing. And so then I got into uh, the modern and that sort of thing. And then uh, Brett McGrath stacking slabs is, is one of my good friends in the hobby. And one day he told me, he said, Drake, you know, you and I like a lot of the same stuff when it comes to Peyton Manning, we like the golden shiny stuff. And did you know there's golden shiny wrestling cards? And, you know, once I found out about that, I was hooked on that. And so, you know, that was kind of the, the past meeting the present a little bit. You know, you know when I returned into tw in 2019, it was very easy in that time to go after what everybody was talking about. Everybody's talking about Kobe Bryant and LeBron James and Luka Doncic and, you know, all the prospects football. And that was really fun to kind of get into that. But, uh, you know, I say one day, it wasn't just one day, but one day I kind of woke up and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I really don't care about any of these guys. I don't care about Jason Tatum and I don't care about Kyler Murray or Justin Herbert and, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And I realized I looked at, I was buying cards with the hope that they would go up in value and then I could sell them. And I'm like, that's just not me. That's not the type of collector that I was and the collector that I want to be. And so I kind of went back to, 
again, that nostalgic aspect of it. And so nostalgia for me was Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and wrestling. You talked about Peyton Manning being some of the first cards you ever bought back in your teen years. When did you actually start? Was that when you started or did you collect cards even younger when you were or in elementary year school or junior high age? You know, when did you actually start collecting? Yeah, so the first cards I actually got, my aunt gave me a bunch of um, like 1960s, 70s and even 80s football and baseball cards, right? Uh, when I was about five, six years old. And I just kind of had those and I looked at them and, you know, they weren't in great condition, were beat up, but it was like, wow, this is cool. Like I've got a Willie Mays card or a Hank Aaron or Larry Zonka, right? That was kind of a cool rookie card to have and, you know, that whole sort of stuff. And so I just had like a little little stack of those. Um, and then, you know, growing up through elementary school, um, the hobby shops where I grew up were just right around the corner. And so I got into a group with a bunch of friends and we got good report cards or for birthdays or things like that. You would get, you know, your parents would get each other like boxes of cards or it was like a reward thing you got. And so it was always fun to get boxes and open them. And then you trade with your friends and, you know, then you'd go into the hobby shop and trade with the hobby shop and, 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 and that whole sort of thing. So it was really more like the elementary years that I got into it. And then kind of going through the middle school and high school years were really into it. And actually when I was in high school, I worked in a, it was a retail sports shop and he had a section of that, that was devoted to cards. And so, you know, on the weekends when I worked there, that was, I, I essentially worked in the hobby shop, um, so to speak, and was still I was essentially using what he was paying me to buy cards. And so I was just collecting cards kind of throughout that. Um, and then, you know, the story, like everybody, I went off to college and, you know, you kind of get distracted by other stuff. And I was still buying stuff here and there um, and kind of so on and so forth. But uh, just to answer your question, that was really kind of my my start in cards was really kind of those early years of my childhood. When you got back into, you said around 2019 or so, a little bit before um, everything went crazy in the pandemic, and, um, and then eventually you you discovered shiny and wrestling. How did how did that progression happen? Where you know you had heard David talking about vintage wrestling cards. You know there was some shiny with Peyton Manning and those guys when you know when you were first collecting, um, but there was still a lot of kind of traditional mm -hmm. cards too. How did that evolution happen where you really started to gravitate towards that chrome or those shiny cards and that type of thing versus maybe some of the more traditional vintage type stuff? You know, how did how did that um, preference develop for you? Yeah. So like whenever I get a card and I and I look at it, I kind of want it to make me feel something right. And some people, when they look at vintage, they, they feel nostalgia, um, you know, kind of one thing. But. When you look at something really shiny and I think, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like the Fleur Brilliance 24 karat gold and some of those credentials type card and things like that. When you hold something like that in your hand, it just it feels very different. Right. Number one, it just it, it has that some of those cards just have a real wow factor to them. And sometimes when I looked at those old paper cards, I loved it for the historical aspect of it and things like that. But it didn't have the the wow factor to me of it, you know, where you just look at it and it's like, wow, you know, again, the great historical nature, but it doesn't just have those aesthetics that really hit you in the field spots, um, if that makes sense, number one. And then number two, it, as part of my collection and my, my, my uniqueness, I like having stuff that other people don't have, right? And so if I wanted to go out and buy, you know, a 1982 Wrestling All-Stars Hulk Hogan, let's say, 
right now I could hop on eBay and find one. It may not be a PSA nine or may not even be a PSA eight, but I could find a copy of that card. Um, but then there's other cards that again are kind of more modern type cards. And I think of things like, you know, Hulk Hogan's prism gold or his tops Chrome gold refractor auto. That's out of 10. You know, there's, there's some of those cards that the, my copy that I have is the only one that I've ever seen for sale in the last five years. And so that to me, it, it, it's, it's attractive to me because again, I like finding stuff that other people don't have um, because it's just, it, it helps my collection become unique. And I want a collection that is unique to me and kind of fits my, my personality and collecting, collecting habits versus having something that's like, yeah, a lot of these cards are phenomenal cards um, and they're really great cards and, and things of that nature, but it's a card you, that's readily available. Yeah, I think that's an interesting dynamic because there are some people who collect and they they love the fact that they can have a similar collection as somebody else. They can be part of this community that there's a group of us who have those specific cards and we collect those specific cards together. And then there's another segment like you just kind of mentioned for yourself and your preferences, like you want to have the only one you want to have that unique card. I think that's a, a pretty interesting dynamic. And that's one of the things I love about the hobby is that there's room for both of those types of things when, when people are building collectors, but it brings up another point that I wanted to ask about, you know, these cards, a lot of the ones that you've got in your collection are very rare, right? Like you said, some of them, it's the only time you've ever seen that card come up that can make things to be tough to get a good, like a direct comparable sale, you know, when it comes to evaluating that card or how much you're willing to pay for that. How do you go about evaluating how much you're willing to pay for some of these cards that don't really have like a direct comparable um, sale to go off of? What's your approach to kind of thinking through what you're willing to pay for, for some of those rare and unique cards? Well, one of the things I'll say in this kind of piece of advice is it's great to have kind of like a trusted group of friends in the hobby, right? Because you can go through and maybe they collect very similarly to you. And you may say, hey, I think this card, you know, this card has never sold publicly or it's been 10 years since this is sold. You know, what, what, like, what do you think this is worth? You know, you can use a site like Card Ladder or something like that and get an approximate value. But sometimes that may not be correct, right? Because a lot of the cards that they have, say for Peyton Manning are more liquid type cards that are going to be very volatile and kind of go up in town. So that's one thing to kind of do is like bounce, bounce ideas off of people. Um, and, you know, another thing I've done is, um, and I'll, uh, in thinking of you know, like wrestling cards, for example, is I will compare uh, similar type cards to other sports, for example. So uh, one of the ones that gets talked about a lot that I bought was the Roman Reigns 2014 Topps Chrome Super Factor Auto PSA 10. It's a one-on-one obviously. And, uh, you know, right before that sale, when I was thinking about buying it, you know, the Jason Dominguez card, the Superfractor one of one sold for like almost half a million dollars. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm just like, you know, I know prospecting and I know baseball collecting is bigger than wrestling. Wrestling's more niche, but I'm like, man, if it just seems like if I can get this Roman Reigns and come up with the money, come up with the means and sell some things or, you know, whatever I need to do to get this card, this just feels like a card that, you know, in the lower five figures just really seems reasonable to me. Right. And, and one of those kind of like landmark type cards. And so I, I made the decision to buy that card. And then, you know, a lot long after that, I'm getting offers for like double and triple for what I paid for it. And so I think it was one of those things where I, I wasn't afraid to pull the trigger. And then once I did, I think it gave more, um, 
uh, what's the word like credibility to wrestling cards in that, that wrestling market. And, 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 and it wasn't just me, right. You know, it was other people, that sort of thing. And so it was, it's kind of comparing values, number one. And then the other, um, a couple other things that come to mind is also comparing values across sports. And that's when I really got back into Peyton Manning, I was looking at him and I'm like, okay, what in other sports, what cards are coveted by collectors? And I found, okay, basketball, it's PMGs, it's rubies, it's credentials, things like that. And so I started looking at those cards and seeing what similar type cards were selling for the all-time greats in those sports. And then I would go see Peyton and it was like, you know, a 10th of the price. And I'm going, I don't know if this is a good price or not, but it just feels cheap to me. And I don't, you know, I hate to use the word cheap, but it feels inexpensive to me comparatively. Um, and so that, that helped me with the purchase. Again, it goes back to the cards and what I like. And I wasn't buying saying like, Hey, I think this will be a certain price someday. So I think it's a good value. I just felt like the value of it that I was paying that day seemed to be a good price. And, and then finally, the thing I'll say is, and what comes to mind is the Vince McMahon, uh, tops transcendent super fractor auto. So that's Vince's, you know, Vince has like less than 250 on card signatures. Um, and obviously he's not around, you know, the, the, the company in that capacity anymore. So he's, as far as we know, he's not going to be signing for licensed products anymore. But when Topps Transcendent was out, it was anywhere from $13,000 to $15,000 a case. And one could argue that, you know, that's Vince's best card. He doesn't have many autos, that whole sort of thing. And so in my mind, I thought, you know, if I bought a case for thirteen dollars to $15,000, I've got a one in 50 shot of getting a Vince McMahon. Or I can just look at this and say, hey, my max bid for this is going to be the price of a case. And if I win it for that, then phenomenal, right? And so it goes in and the auctions are getting ready to come, in, come to the end. I put in my max bid, which was, I think, $13,000 or something like that. I ended up winning the card for like $9,300. Um, and so that to me felt like good value when you don't really know what the value is. It was less than the price of a case. And that's one one of you know, the better, if maybe not the best autograph that you can get from that product. So let's, let's spend a minute and ask, or I'm, I want to understand what does your collection look like today, right? You've talked about, you had, you started collecting when you were younger, it came and went, your interest in cards came and went for a little while. You got back into it. You mentioned buying some things that other people were talking about that you were just hoping were going up in value, but you didn't have any kind of connection to. You've talked about your preference for rare, unique, um, one-of-a-kind type items. What's that collection look like today? You know, it, do you do you focus and kind of entirely on those kind of bigger ticket items, or do you kind of have a more broad collection of of other ungraded things too that are um, maybe not quite as notable but still have a, a personal connection to you? So, kind of, what's that collection look like today? Yeah, it's interesting, right? So I think, you know, not everything to me has to be like a four or five figure card, right? I would go broke doing that. I'm not, I'm not made of money over here. I don't have the money tree outside that's, that's, that's growing. It's not producing fast enough. But in essence, I've gotten rid of all those prospect type cards, right? Um, but I kept, for example, I kept a Tom Brady Fleer Showcase rookie card just because I think it looks cool. And, you know, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady had some great matchups, right? So I've got that. Um, you, you know, I've got, I still have the cards that my aunt gave me when I was five, six years old, you know, they're, they're still in a, in a, in a card box. Um, I still have tons of cards that aren't graded and I don't plan to grade and things like that. But, 
one of the things I find is, you know, getting a lot of enjoyment from cards, really, no matter the price point, it's just what, what card looks cool to me. For example, last night, I, you know, this card is one that hits, right? So uh, growing up in Memphis, I'm a big fan of Jerry the King Lawler. And this 2023 is a second year of select. And he only has one base black one of one, and it came to auction. And I won it last night for like 150 bucks, right? And that to me gave me as much excitement. You know, I can't wait to get that card in the mail. And that gives me as much excitement as it does buying a, you know, $1,000, $5,000 card, just because it's unique card. I'm the only one who can have it, right? It's a, it's someone that I have extreme nostalgia for growing up in Memphis. And I've got a little Jerry Lawler collection. And so really the, you know, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees are my constants that I kind of go through. And it's, it's the rare and scarce stuff. I keep getting more rare and scarce. And if I need it, right, then I'll kind of consolidate within my collection. I think one of the things that I've, I'm still proud of is for both Peyton and Breeze, I have every one of their tops finest gold refractors and or gold X-fractors for their, their entire run. So like for Peyton from 99 through 2015, for Breeze from 2002 through through 2015, um, which is kind of cool to me, right? They're not the most valuable cards by, by any means, um, some of the years, but it was fun to me just to kind of put that that set together or the run together um, is, 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 is really what I'll call it. But going back to the wrestling thing is um, and kind of to, to finish out this piece is, you know, I was taking the shotgun approach when I got back in, I was like, well, you know, I was a big fan of dusty roads and here's Ric Flair over here and here's the undertaker and stone cold, Steve Austin, name your favorite nineties and two thousands wrestlers. But then I kind of get into, it and I'm like, you know, same thing again, a little bit different. I'm like, and it wasn't a prospecting thing, but it was like, who do I, who did I really enjoy watching growing up and who do I connect with and who do my kids connect with? And so I kind of pared it down a little bit to, you know, Hulk Hogan and the rock and Roman Reigns, Jerry Lawler, John Cena. And that makes up kind of the, the top five in my wrestling collection. Right. But I've got a Vince McMahon card and I've got a stone cold Steve Austin card. I've got an undertaker card but those don't make up the majority of my collection. So it's kind of been more um, going from quantity towards quality type approach. You talked about Lawler. You, you mentioned Hogan there. And, and maybe you don't have a ton of their cards as part of your collection, but I was just wondering from growing up in that Memphis area, going and seeing wrestling shows so much when you were younger, what are some of the other wrestlers from that era that you have a, a connection to? Maybe, maybe they're not a big part of your PC right now, but, but what are some of those other wrestlers that you've got a connection to? Yeah. So gosh, it's, a, it's like, where do you start? Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Hulk Hogan. It's the rock. It's the undertaker, uh, macho man, Randy Savage, uh, stone cold, Steve Austin, uh, Rick Flair, uh, Brett, the Hitman Hart, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, you know, you could go on and on and on again. And I think one of the neat things about being in Memphis was a lot of times getting uh, Triple H is one. A lot of times you could see these guys before they they became a big name. So, you know, The Rock before he was The Rock was Flex, Flex Cavana in Memphis. And He's written books and done interviews and he talks about wrestling in Memphis and flea markets and used car parking lots and all that. And I was at those shows and I I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, hindsight's 2020. I should have been stacking up on, on the flex Kavana stuff and getting autographs and pictures and that sort of thing. That'd be really, really neat. But a lot of that, you know, nostalgia for me is what really drives my collecting really. It's, it's who, who did I connect the most with? And it's, 
course it's the bigger names, but then you see teams, you know, like the, the Legion of Doom and gosh, you know, we could sit here and go on and on and on. You throw on like SummerSlam 1992 and it's, you know, there's Mr. Perfect out there and it's the Road Warriors and, um, you know, Demolition and the Big Boss Man. And, you know, we could sit here and talk wrestling for hours and hours and hours, but it's just, it's a ton of nostalgia. Um, and it's, it was really neat seeing a lot of those guys come through Memphis on their way to making it big. You've been able to build a pretty great collection. Like I said, if somebody goes through your Instagram feed, they can see some really cool cards. Do you have one card that kind of means the most to you? Oh, let's see. I'll, I'll say if I can kind of go through each each one. Um, you know, I think for me, the the in wrestling, it goes back to the Vince McMahon Transcendent Super Fractor Auto. Because, you know, when I think about what he did for the business and, you know, here lately, people could say, you know, he's kind of a scumbag and that whole sort of thing. But I try to I try to overlook that, you know, you suspend reality a little bit when you think about it. But it's like what what he did for the wrestling business in the 80s and 90s and 2000s and even 2010s. I mean, that was just a huge part of my enjoyment as a child. And so there's a lot that, you know, I owe to him and the team and that he built to kind of build WWF into, you know, the, the, the successful company that's a global company that it is today. And so, you know, just having that card and just knowing that, Hey, it's his only super fractor autograph that he has. Um, and that, that to me is just really cool. You know, some other wrestlers say like Roman Reigns, he has multiple super fractors, multiple, you know, signature cards and, and things of that nature. Same with someone like John Cena, or, you know, Hulk Hogan and, and that sort of thing. But just knowing that that's Vince's only car from a, from a high-end product, I think that's that to me is really, really neat. Um, when I think of a, Pey- a Peyton Manning card, um, gosh, like, where do I start there? I, I, I mentioned before the, the Fleer Brilliance 24-karat uh, gold, um, just an absolutely stunning card in hand. You hold it up in the right light and it, it blinds you. Um, and it's really neat knowing that, Hey, there's only 24 out there. And we kind of talked before about having a unique collection and things like that, but there's like a Peyton Manning group chat that I'm involved in. And there's a few other guys that have 24 karat gold. And so while it's unique and that it's rare, it's also neat to know other people that own copies of it. Right. And that kind of, you know, you kind of feel like a, a bond there with within the community, really around that card. Um, the other thing of Peyton is I've got his uh, 2014 flawless uh, platinum patch auto, uh, which I think is really, and of course that's the one of one, um, you know, with the game worn, it's people make fun because it's the bro card for bro and Broncos. Um, but that to me, I think is just a real significant card. I, I, I you know, I'm, it's kind of funny. A lot of people are like, shiny or they like game worn. I'm the guy who likes everything. Um, you know, if it's Peyton Manning, I don't care if he's wearing a Tennessee Jersey, a Colts Jersey, a Broncos Jersey, a Pro Bowl Jersey. I don't care if it's gold shiny, if it's a patch, a patch auto, I like it all, uh, which isn't great for the budget, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, um, it, it's, it's a really neat card for me. And then going to breeze um, is his essential credentials rookie card. So when he was a 2001, he was a rookie. Um, it, it was a, you know, essential credentials. There was only one parallel that year and that one's number two, uh, 2029, 20, uh, if I remember correctly. And so it's neat to be able to, I've got that in a BGS nine. And so, um, as much as I love credentials and kind of credentials are big in the nineties and, and that sort of thing, um, there's certainly value there with those cards, but I just, I love the way that card looks. Um, and it's kind of a, a throwback to the nineties a bit, but it's in, in 2001, 
Um, so those three are kind of the ones that I think of when, you know, cards I'm just really glad to have in my collection. Is there anything that you're dying to have that you just haven't been able to find yet? Oh, geez. <laughs> the The problem is, is there's cards that I, I want, but other people have them and, you know, they either want an arm and a leg for them or they've got the, you know, true diamond hands, right? So, you know, one that comes to mind is the Peyton Manning, um, going back to credentials, the essential credentials, 98 uh, future out of seven. Um, you know, and that's a, a real significant card. There's only seven copies, right? And that's just one. It, it changes hands privately. One hasn't sold publicly in almost three years. Um, that'd be a phenomenal card to have. I'd love to have um, a masterpiece, one of one, um, from, from Peyton's rookie year. Um, I'd, I'd, you know, whether it's an ultra or flare showcase legacy or something like that, um, that to me are just cards that, I, you know, I, I, if I look at what's what's missing from my Peyton collection, um, I think those kind of those couple cards are ones that if I could add those, it would really round it out and I would feel really complete in my collection. Um, you know, with Breeze, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where my Breeze collection is right now. I don't, I can't think of anything that I'm just, you know, I really need that card at this point. Um, and then I'd say the same thing with wrestling, right? I mean, there's certain things that are going to come up. We're kind of in a lull period right now with, because there were some issues with WWE and Panini uh, from a lawsuit standpoint. So there's no new product coming out, but I feel very happy with my wrestling collection and kind of where it is right now. So if you kind of looked at what, what, what more am I looking to add? It's really, really on the patent side of things. So I'm trying very hard to be as patient as I can. That's one of my biggest problems. Um, I certainly, when people talk about, Hey, you know, last year I bought four cards. I'm like, I bought four cards in a week in some cases. <laughs> and so it's tough for me not to buy things. I think that's just that collector gene. And I, you know, it's like, I see card, I buy card. I just, I, I, I like cards. And then if I, something comes along and I've got to sell some things, consolidate or something like that, then at that point I'll do that. But if not, I, I, I just really enjoy the cards that I've acquired, whether through purchasing or trades or something like that. I was a little bit surprised when I asked about, you know, some of those most significant cards to you that you didn't mention the, the Drake Magruder rookie card as one of those cards. You were part of the 2023 wrestling card collector series release. Is that in fact your rookie card? That, that, well, you know, we could think about it, right? When I was in uh, like church league baseball, I think they made some baseball cards of us, you know, with okay. the church league. So that might be the, the Drake Magruder rookie card, but that might be, this may be considered the, the Drake's PC, like collecting rookie card, right? Everybody has their own, like, you know, this is their certain rookie card, but then, you know, especially when you get into wrestling, it's like, well, this is their, you know, stunning Steve Austin rookie card, but then yeah. this is his stone cold Steve Austin rookie card. Uh, you know, or, or the same thing with the rock, right? He's got his bumblebee card. And a lot of people say that's his rookie card, but that to me says Dwayne Johnson, you know, right. there's other cards when he was the rock. Um, right. And so, you know, p- people look at that, but no, that, that was really, it was an honor to be asked to be a part of that uh, first set. And that I love getting uh, cards. Um, you know, I, I thought it was really neat people um, who were collecting sign versions of that and they would yep. ask you to send it and, you know, just, just getting that and, and, and getting signatures, I thought was really neat. Um, of course the metal cards were really cool. And then the other thing is, you know, going back to being like a gold and shiny collector, I reached out to uh, the individual who, who made that set. And I said, Hey, uh, well, well, somebody brought it up. They were like, man, as much as you like gold, I'm surprised there's not a, a gold parallel in that. And I was like, that would be kind of cool. Well, the guy who made it saw that. And he said, Hey, Drake, if you, you're interested and you want me to, you know, like, like pick a, print you up a set. 
where each card is kind of a, a gold uh, border, which is kind of a yellowish gold. It wasn't shiny or anything. And, uh, you know, have it, have them individually numbered one out of 10, two out of 10, three, like so on and so forth, then, then that'd be certainly be cool. And so that's, he sent that to me. Um, and what I did is with my family, um, I, I sent it out, but I tried to get um, cards out kind of like to, to um, that were significant to family members. So for example, my aunt is a, a huge fan of Drew Brees and the Saints as well. So I sent her um, number nine out of 10 because that's his jersey number. Um, my mom, for example, I sent her number uh, four out of 10 because my birthday is in April, which is the fourth month of the year. And my sister was born in May. I sent her five out of 10. My dad was born in September. I sent him, uh, well, take think back. I was going to send him nine out of 10, but that was already taken. <laughs> so it, it was neat to me to be able to give, give, certain cards like that with numbers and, you know, be able to kind of sign them and write something, you know, significant, like, here's why, here's why I gave you this number card. So it was, were fun. you able, were you able to get your metal card? There's only two of the metal cards produced for, for every person that was in there. Were you able to get one for you? I have one of me. The other one is out in the ether. I have no idea where the second one is. Yeah, same. I was able to find one, uh, my metal card, one of them popped up on eBay and I was able to to snag it off of eBay, but have not heard or seen of, of the second one. So I have no idea where that one's at, but. From, from what I heard, there was some, some guy out there that might be like hoarding all of them or something to keep, keep them away from people or, you know, sometimes in the wrestling community, people do some childish and kind of goofy stuff, but you know, that's just, that's part of the gimmick, I guess. <laughs> very, very cool. I just wanted to, to ask about what that was like uh, having a card is as part of that set. Well, Hey, before we go today, anything else that you wanted to make sure we hit on or that, that you wanted to share kind of about your collection and the, and the cards that you're passionate about? Yeah. I mean, the, the things that come to mind is, that, you know, one of the things that's tough as a collector is, you know, when you talk to people and, you know, a lot of the community gets focused on value or, future value and, you know, and trying to acquire cards and someone may say, Hey, this is a great deal right now because this card is going to be, you know, whatever price it's going to be in the future. And so here's why you should buy it. And, you know, that whole sort of thing. And, you know, folks can do whatever they want to do in the hobby. And if it's prospecting or if it's flipping or something like that, you know, I certainly don't have a problem with that. Um, But sometimes it's tough as a collector when there's certain cards that are out there and, you know, you, you know, you know, who has it, and, you know, it's, uh, it's sometimes it can be tough. And so, you know, one of the things I say is just sometimes put yourself in, in uh, the shoes of the other person um, and, and, and try to think about how it might make you feel right. If you if someone had a card that you really wanted, say you're a big Michael Jordan collector, for example, and I've got a Michael Jordan, you know, championship PMG and that's your dream card. And I'm sitting here going, I'm not going to sell it to you because I think this card is a million dollar card. And unless you pay me a million dollars, then I'm not going to sell it. And so um, that's just the first thing I'll say is just try to remember that, you know, it's really a, a, a hobby first. And we're we're just we're just collectors and we're you know like, yeah, we're not ignorant to value and we know that there's values. And, you know, that, that we're certainly that's that, that's a part of what we do. But I think the more we focus on the actual cards and the community aspect of it, that's been my favorite thing is the community aspect is, you know, I'm able to go to a card show or I'm able to go to national and I've got these group chats and, you know, we're helping each other find cards and we're bouncing information, you know, like off each other. We're talking about playoff games. We're giving each other grief. We're congratulating each other for cards and things like that. I think 
the more the hobby, and it feels like I'm on a soapbox right now, but the more the hobby, you know, gets back to that, I think the the healthier the hobby is going to be overall. I think over the past few years, we've gotten too focused on on values, current values and future values and people buying cards just to post them on Instagram to, you know, to get clicks and get likes and, you know, try to, you know, increase their street cred um, and that sort of thing. And, you know, certainly with us having social media accounts and posting cards, right, there's some, a little bit of an ego type thing there, you know, because otherwise if we didn't have that, then it wouldn't, wouldn't really matter. But, um, but I think it's just important for us to, to kind of get back to, back to the basics and kind of do, you know, and do the hobby and just realize it's a hobby first, community first. And, you know, we're all here to have fun. Um, and yeah. If somebody wants to follow along with your collection, if they want to kind of be able to see some of these awesome cards that you're, you're pulling together, where can people find you? So on Instagram, I'm at Drake's underscore PC. Um, on Twitter or X, <laughs> I'm at Drake Magruder. And then on uh, Facebook, I'm Drake Magruder as well, Fort Smith, Arkansas. Very cool. Well, Drake, I really appreciate you spending a few minutes today. Thanks for joining me for, for a conversation about cards and uh, just kind of what's been going on in your collection. Thanks again. Mike, thank you so much for, for having me. Thanks again to Drake for coming on. He is a great follow online. He is a very active participant in a variety of different hobby shows, you know, from asking questions to being a guest to sending in email questions. He's, he's somebody who's very active in the world of wrestling cards, Peyton Manning cards, and Drew Brees cards. Well, that is all I have for you today. Come on back next week, and we're going to be going overseas. We're going to be talking to a collector who lives in the UK, lives in Scotland, and talk about what it's like collecting cards overseas. So come on back to check that out. I'll catch you next time.